It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. You are Locked On Cowboys, your daily Dallas Cowboys podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Locked On. Locked On. Locked Locked On. Locked Locked On. Welcome back to the Locked On Cowboys podcast presented by Pepsi. This football season will be different and Pepsi is here to get you ready for game day. No matter how you watch this season, Pepsi is the refreshment you need to power through game day and become a member of the League of Football Watchers. These passionate fans are the real generational talent that Pepsi fuels because Pepsi isn't made for those who play the game. It's made for those who watch it. Pepsi, made for football watching. I am your host, Marcus Mosier. You can follow me on Twitter at Marcus underscore Mosier. And joining me today, as always, is Landon McCool. You can check him out on Twitter at McCoolBCB. You can also listen to him on the Best Coast Boys podcast. Landon, how's it going, sir? It's going well. We are uh, moving through this very odd week in which yeah. the uh, Cowboys game is apparently a moving target. Uh, and uh, is at this point scheduled to be, is it still Tuesday or did they move it? I, I believe it's Tuesday. Yeah. Right? We'll see. Okay. Yeah, we'll, see. we'll see. So as of right now, we're going to have the very rare uh, Tuesday, ni- Tuesday night. And actually for me, it's Tuesday afternoon game. Uh, so yeah, it should be, it should be interesting to see how this week progresses. It's, it's been a very unusual season. Uh, and this may have been the Absolutely. most unusual week of this season. Yeah, we're going to do our best to to cover this game as we normally would. Um, But today we got your Twitter questions. And I want to start with this question from Matt. Now, Landon, we have not studied draft prospects yet, you know, in-depthly. So this is a good just general, not only draft question, but a general team-building question. Can you guys give us a tiered breakdown of positional value as it relates to the draft? At what point does a positional value outweigh the value of a better player at a less valuable position? I really like this question because uh, we don't talk about this enough, but uh, I'm going to give turn over the floor to you. How would you break down the positional value here? Well, it's, it's, that's tough to quantify because I think, you know, what, what he, the phenomenon that he's uh, talking about certainly exists, right? Where, you know, obviously certain players have uh, because of their positional value uh get a little bit of a bump right and and, and i think it's even, sometimes a lot of a bump yeah, sometimes it's a quarterback, lot of, well, right? in the case of a quarterback you know or or yeah a position like that absolutely and i i even think that um it's it's not even uh a uh a a like a universal year to th- i think there's also an element of it that's year to year i guess is the best way to say this right like based on uh, positional. I think there is a positional value bump that you can get 
based on individual cl- draft classes uh, uh, distribution of talent at that position, right? Like, like, a, mm-hmm. like, a, like a sort of economics of supply and demand that 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 kind of feeds into this. Where I think that, you know, the, in years where let's say, for instance, there isn't a lot of great defensive tackles in a class, right? The the top defensive tackle. Who may be, you know, uh, uh, worth their draft pick or worth their their draft status? They probably get even a little bit of a bump, right? Because of just the lack of of supply in in that class. So there's an element that's there, and then there's you know obviously the the overall positional value element that kind of feeds into this. Quarterback is obviously the the, the top of the heap, the tier that is, uh, you know at least a tier or two above the next tier right it's 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 separated mm-hmm. itself so much and quarterback is such an important position uh especially nowadays that uh you know overpaying is just common right like even overdrafting for the position is just it's it's accepted because uh you have to have a quarterback to win uh, in the NFL so you know th- that is basically the standard you, you will overdraft a quarterback um, without a doubt Yep. I think you know after that, you know, you talk about the uh the other the the four other positions, right? The the person who protects the quarterback in the offensive tackle, the person that uh, t- uh comes after the quarterback in the pass rusher, the person who the quarterback throws the football to in the wide receiver, and the person who covers the person the quarterback is throwing the football to in the cornerback. So, wide receiver, defense, uh wide receiver, offensive tackle, defensive end and cornerback are the next kind of tier of you know positional value bumps right sure yes yep the problem there is that i would say at least two and you could probably argue three of those four positions uh have a pretty severe miss rate at, at near the top of the draft, right? I, I would say that, like, well, I would argue almost all of those. Yeah, I mean, do, I right? think you, because, well, and I think part of it is because of the positional value, right? Because yeah, because they're because teams know how valuable yeah. it is, they're going to overdraft it, and you end up getting some guys that go in the top ten that shouldn't be there. Yeah, and I and I guess you know we haven't talked so much about these guys, but I think two we could talk about two guys that I have watched, and I'm pretty sure you have too, that I, I feel like are going to fall into this trap right and we kind of sure. I kind of discussed it a little bit earlier on twitter patrick certain and caleb fairley right uh, or is it farley sorry caleb Far- farley. I, yeah i mean they're fine players yeah they're fine i think that they're probably top 20 cornerbacks i 100 agree but but they're not going to be just drafted in the top 20 i mean nope. i think certain certain is a, like a, at this point right. probably a lock to, or at, at this point we're very early right but i would say certain right. right now is a lock to be a top 10 pick and I think that Farley's probably not too far behind him, right? Or yeah, at least probably. most people would consider him to be in that range. So I would feel like that's overdrafting. Like if the Cowboys were to and this is kind of you know, we've discussed before, this is kind of my concern about if the Cowboys aren't able to find a trade back partner and uh and they don't necessarily or can't for some reason take Sewell uh at uh you know, whatever pick they end up landing Three, four, on. Four or five, yep. What what are the Cowboys are going to do? Is it going to be a, a Micah Parsons? Which I mean, I mean, huh. you want to talk about bad positional value? Linebacker in the top five is not great, especially for a linebacker who didn't play last year or this year. Um, and then now you're talking about guys like Sertan and, and Farley because they're positions you need. They are you know have the pedigree, but I you know I wouldn't say that I would universally take a Patrick Sertan or a Caleb Farley. 
uh, any draft in the top 10. You know, it's not like they're universally acclaimed top 10 picks. It's more just I think that that's probably a good fit because of positional value and because of, you know, how hard right. how hard right. they're thought of. I, I think that but that's a good example to me of guys who, uh, because of their positional value, um, are being pushed up in the top 10 uh, where you probably would draft their talent, where their talent would dictate yeah. lower in yep. the first round, top 20 maybe. I want to get into this some more, and not even just talking about certain players. I want to talk a little bit more about positional value, but let's take a quick break so I can tell you about Echelon. When it comes to getting or staying in shape, nothing feels as good as that feeling of accomplishment, of hitting your fitness goals, and feeling great about yourself. Echelon can get you there. Echelon offers the next generation of connected fitness bikes, fitness mirrors, rowing machines, and their all-new Echelon Stride Smart Treadmill. No matter what your favorite fitness activity, Echelon gives you a fun and challenging workout from the comfort of your home. Their world-class instructors will motivate you with thousands of daily live and on-demand studio-level classes, all available when you need them. Unlike their competitors, Echelon is affordable for everyone, and one membership lets us uh, lets you guys have up to five family members work all out at the same time. Right now, you can try any Echelon fitness equipment at home for 30 days. Go to echelonfit.com slash NFL. That's echelonfit.com slash NFL. Hey, guys. It's Joe Marino. Being around sports media and a fan of the Buffalo Bills for a lifetime has taught me that sometimes it's exploring the sliding doors moments and what-if scenarios in sports that can be the best part of the fan experience. What if the Seahawks let Marshawn run on the one-yard line with the Super Bowl on the line? Or could a coin flip have landed Magic in Chicago, Michael in L.A., and made Charles Barkley the first black president? Enter Wondery's newest sports show, Alternate Routes, a weekly leap into the sports multiverse with former Sports Center anchors Trey Wingo and Kevin Frazier. Each week on the podcast, Trey and Kevin will pry open the sliding doors of a different what-if moment from the world of sports. In these alternate sports realities, dynasties will fall, legacies will change forever, and new goats will emerge. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts, and you can listen to Alternate Routes early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery+. Plus. All right, so we talked about the money five positions. And again, the order, in case you guys weren't clear, quarterback, offensive tackle, defensive tackle, cornerback, receiver. Uh, we can we can argue about those a little bit more if you want to, Landon. But my question here, and this is actually something that I haven't really figured out an answer to yet. It's, it's fine to say that. But at what point does the wide receiver two on your team, you know, how much value does that position carry? Does that position carry more value than a linebacker, your starting linebacker? How valuable is a slot corner? Should you value a slot cornerback more than a running back? If you have two guys sitting on your board, let's say in the second round, and you've got a slot corner there and you've got a running back, which one do you do you place more value on? Those are the kind of discussions that I would like to have uh, to, to, to flesh out some more. Marcus underscore Mosier asks, uh, <laughs> yeah, you know, that this is also, this is really good uh, 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 questioning because I think a lot of this is kind of, is changing a little bit. And, and, I, and I also think that, 
it's an interesting conversation with cornerback to me because my thought process about corner is a lot more uh, is is starting to evolve more into uh, the conversation I think we have with offensive lines, right? Where I, I, I know where you're going. I, yep. I, I think that there's it's important to, to instead of worrying about having always having elite talent at that top spot or even the top two spots, it's, I think it's more important to have quality, good depth at the position and, and have them working together in concert, uh, than, than having, you know, a unique superstar. And, and frankly, offensive tackle is, is starting to, uh, kind of bleed into this too, because I do think that there is starting to be more and more importance, uh, than there have been previously, or at least the gap is, uh, uh, shrinking, right. Between, um, uh, offensive of interior linemen and uh, you know the the tackles and I and again uh, kind of to your point about nickel corners versus regular cornerbacks, you know nickel packages are are base defense now. I mean I think that's that's been the case yeah. for for yep. years now. So I I think that you definitely consider nickel you know corners as your starter. The question becomes, do they also kind of get captured up in that? Uh, uh, positional value bump uh, that happens. And, and I think really what we mm-hmm. need to start doing is I think what, what, what really needs to start happening is that we need to start reverse engineering these positions to figure out why the positional value is the way it is. Because I think a large percentage of why teams try to draft corners and uh, offensive tackles and wide receivers is and defensive ends, of course, is that these guys are largely the freakiest guys, right? Like yes, the, the guys yes. that, that are the most athletic, the hardest to find. Um, you know, there's there's thresholds that you like for them to meet beyond just having uh, talent and, and, and uh, a skill at the position that they play. You, you like to have uh, physical traits. So I think – you know, a lot of this is really, even though we are talking like it's an absolute, I, I think a lot of this is kind of open up for interpretation when you start getting into the finer details of positional value, right? Like it really can, uh, you know, I think that there is some some daylight between uh, how certain schemes may view cornerbacks versus other schemes view cornerbacks, what they're looking for in the cornerback. And because of what they're looking for in the cornerback may change uh, from team to team, from scheme to scheme. I think that that also has an effect on the positional value because uh, you know, if you're loosening your, your uh, standards for what kind of physical athlete the player has to be, you don't necessarily need to be picking from such a small pool of players and that therefore thereby means that your supply is higher. Uh, and so that makes it a little bit easier on your, uh, uh, on your drafting. You know, if you wanted to in, instead, you know, maybe wait until a second or third round to get a guy like that. So I think that there is a lot of particulars there. And I think that's, and the reason I even bring it up is because that's the thing that's interesting me the most now. Right is is mm-hmm. is with the Cowboys. Okay, we we've got a, a a you know as good as you want to call it sample size of of what the 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 new regime wants to do. Right with the Cowboys defense, what the Cowboys offense wants to do. How does that apply to the players that they're going to be choosing come April or May? And you know I think that is where we kind of are trying to 
suss this out? What what is what is? I mean, I think you know a lot of the stuff we figured out with the cornerback position seemingly may stay the same just because Will McClay may have preferences there. He does, but, yes. But but, but you but you wonder, you know, you wonder if any of the other changes in the scheme uh, have any kind of effect in positional value for the kind of positions you talk about. Second wide receiver, second cornerback. You know, I think mm-hmm. it's, like I said, I think it's more important at the cornerback position to have a variety of answers for a, for a variety of problems. You know, so having good depth and a cornerback group that can do a lot of different things is important. I think wide receiver two as a mantle is, you know, to kind of answer your question, probably more important than a linebacker. But at the same time, that wide receiver two may be a tight end. In, in, in depending on it the may be a slot receiver. It may be a right? slot receiver. It, you know, it, yeah. like if you're looking at Kansas City, you know, Travis Kelsey is without a doubt they're they're wide receiver two if he's not wide receiver one you know yeah, so yeah so i, I think that, we really we almost you call it passing target one passing yeah, target it's, two, it's right? just like pass rusher honestly it's like you, yeah you yeah. Can call them by the whatever positional name you want to based on the scheme that they're playing in but ultimately what you're drafting for is a pass rusher ultimately what yes. you're drafting for for kelsey is a, a pass catcher you know ultimately ultimately what you're you're drafting uh, uh, a cornerback, a slot corner, or an outside corner is a, a defender, a, a pass defender. So, it, it you know it really these kind of standards that we've talked about for a long time as you know the 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 power five, the money five, as they as I think I've always heard rabble rouser uh, Sean Cashner always refer to them. Yep. Um, yep. It, I, you know I think you know th- that's always been kind of the standard, but as we start to kind of get into more scheme specific situations with these offenses of defense, you know, they can kind of move and up and down just slightly based on how the teams actually want to play those individual players. I also think we should have, and not, we don't have to do it today, but sometime write it out because I, again, I was thinking this morning, okay, we, we've seen this season, how important it is to have good tackle depth. Yeah. Okay. Is your offensive tackle three, is that more valuable than a starting guard? Is that more valuable than a starting linebacker, right? And if it is, then we should completely change the way that we're drafting, right? Mm -hmm. If that's really the case, and I'm not saying that it is or isn't, but then there's no way that you should consider drafting in linebacker in the top 10 if you believe that an off- a backup offensive tackle-, tackle contributes more to winning and losing than an off-the-ball linebacker. I just think that's something that I that we, we need to hash out this uh, this offseason, Landon. We need to like write a big list of all the guys and all the positions that are the most important in terms of team building and when it comes to, 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 to building a team. Power rank um, the positional roles, basically. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. We should do that. Um, all right, let's get to some more questions. This one from Josh. Uh, is there any chance that Mike Nolan gets fired this offseason, Landon? I, I mean, I, I don't know. Like, that's I think that that's a good question. I, I mean, it doesn't sound like it based on anything that Mike McCarthy said, right? Uh, it it probably like, would almost depend, too, on who's available, yeah, right? Yeah, I would say so. I mean, I think that's going to feed into this as much as anything else. If, if someone out, absolutely outstanding is available... Uh, you know, I don't. Obviously, Mike Nolan has not done anything this year that is, you know, certainly secured that he's coming back, other than, you know, yeah. having Mike McCarthy's confidence. But uh, so, yeah, I think if someone was available that, you know, the Cowboys couldn't turn down, I, I would, I, I've got a name. I would, like, who's who? You got? What if Vic Fangio gets fired in Denver? I I, I mean, sign me up. 
right away. Because that that really wouldn't be that big of a transition, nope, right? It wouldn't. It, it, and I think it would actually be a pretty pretty clean transition, you know. Uh, very similar kind of defenses that they that they ran and um, now I don't know if he's going to get fired in Denver, but it seems like that's a possibility, right? They've got the kind of franchise that's going nowhere. They need probably an offensive mind to get that team back on track. It just wouldn't surprise me if if he gets let go this offseason. Mm-hmm. I'll just say that. Um, I would be excited. And, and, I, and if you look, you know, a lot of his uh, assistants have done really well too. I have no doubt that he would be able to translate his defense pretty cleanly over here. That'd be a lot of fun. Yeah, I think so too. All right, let's take a quick break so I can tell you guys about Built Bar. Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar out there. It's hard to even explain it. It's real chocolate with amazing flavors in a great combination of low calories, high protein, and low sugar with no crazy additives. Best of all, they taste fantastic, and they are releasing six new flavors, including caramel brownie, cookies and cream, and apple almond crisp. Go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKEDON and you'll get 20% off your first box. Again, that is BuiltBar.com. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, Landon, uh, a lot of people want to know, if you were the, the Cowboys GM, for whatever reason you get hired tomorrow, what would be the first couple moves that you would make this offseason? Like, what would, you, what would be the things that you'd have to get done right away? Well, I think the first thing you probably have to do is is take a look at the current roster, the contracts that you have going into next season, and figure out who you want to bring back and, and who you don't, um, and and kind of you know just start to get a a, a shopping list for what you need in the off season, right? Like mm-hmm. and just like what positions do, need to be filled, uh, who can we still, who are we giving another year to, who, who you know maybe. Who uh, whose contracts can be dumped, and I think there are a couple guys that you know that will definitely face some triage at some point in the off season uh, with their contracts, you know. And then obviously job two has got to be coming up with a plan for Dak Prescott. I was gonna say that would be job one for me, right? Well, Get Dak yeah. signed, man. I, I, I mean, I understand that you could put that first, sure. I, yeah. I, I mean, obviously it's the priority. I, I was thinking more, you know, chronologically, <laughs> right, right. But but I think yeah. I mean, obviously job one is to figure out the long term solution with Dak. The concern I have now is, you know, what what's the it, it, it's gonna be a, a maybe even a lesser franchise tag number this year than it was last year. Um, so I, if it was me, I would immediately figure out a way to sign Dak to a long-term deal. Just forget the franchise tag for a second year. Yeah. Cause it just frees you up to do everything else. Right. Yeah. Because I feel like that's holding you hostage from going out and signing free agents or even making trades or, you know, everything you just want to get that done as soon as the possible. franchise tag next year is bad case scenario for everyone, you know, because the sure. truth of the matter is, is that even though the franchise tag may be a lower amount than it was this year, which is it's possible. I, I mean, I think that's what they've been talking about. 
it's pro it's definitely going to be a larger percentage of Correct. the cap than it was in previous years. So Correct. it's yep. made it even less palatable for the Cowboys to franchise tag him next year, which is probably good for Dak and for the for the uh, prospect of getting him signed long term. Right, it, it, it the, the the franchise tag not being as palatable an option. For the for the ownership gives the Cowboys gives Dak a little bit more leverage over the Cowboys to try to get a, a deal done. So I got to think that that's the next thing, or I mean, like I said, the most important thing that gets done this year uh, in the off season. And then after that, you know, I think you once you figured out what Dak's contract is, you can start kind of slotting. Okay, now that we've got that done, who else can we afford? Who do we need to let go to make this happen? Right, what are the right. positions that need to be filled? Uh, and 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 how much money do I have to work with in this next? Uh, 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 salary cap season with with obviously a very high likelihood that there is actually going to be a decrease in the salary cap. I would not spend a lot of time haggling over a million or two million dollars a no. year, right? No, no I, I, because ultimately the, that guy's going to be underpaid anyways. We've seen that over yep. and over again. Yep. The quarterback position matters so much, and again. This 2020 season is a perfect example. If Dak doesn't get hurt and you still have all the crap at defense and offensive line, they're still by far the favorites in the NFC East. So pay Dak, whatever, 37, 40. It doesn't really matter. He's going to be a value either way. Pay him and then move on to other things. Find guys that, you know, maybe you need to cut and save some money. Find the positions you need to address address and start building your draft board. Um, And I have a feeling... That's what the Cowboys are going to do. They're not going to wait around on this Dak thing. I think everybody wants to get this done. I do think it'll it'll get done sooner rather than later. That is it for today's show. Thank you guys for tuning in. Make sure you subscribe and download the the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, Remember, you can follow the show at Locked on Cowboys. You can follow Landon at McCoolBCB. And I'm at Marcus underscore Mosier. And we will see you next time. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.